This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey everyone, my name's Chris Lambert. On this channel, we talk yay, and there's another interview. It's just like 2022, the first half was the year of the yay feature-verse, and the last part of the year is now like the season of the interview. Uh, Ye's done so many long-form interviews recently, like two hours with Tucker Carlson, two hours with Piers Morgan, three and a half hours with Drink Champs, and now this two and a half hour conversation with Lex Fridman. And I'd never heard of Lex, and this ended up being the best interview uh, that has come out with Ye. Uh, you can see Lex here, uh, Russian, American, Jewish, and it becomes very relevant. You can see these sections here, right? Uh, go down here. It's like 11 second mark, engineering, 11 minutes, Kim Kardashian, 12 minutes, sex in the future of humanity, 22 minutes, happiness, 25 minutes, the Holocaust, an hour and 14 minutes. So it's almost an hour that they're discussing <laughs> like the Holocaust and topics around the Holocaust, which is really just like Lex challenging Ye on a lot of what he had recently been saying. And this is like by far the like best of the interviews lex does a tremendous job of just being patient of being kind of being funny of maintaining uh, this even composure while also being incredibly emotional and honest with yay and vulnerable and yay responds to it he does it like it's not as combative as the uh, chris cuomo interview was um it's also not as all over the place as the Drink Champs interview was. I think this was the most thoughtful and logical Ye has been in this current round of uh, like topics and messaging. But honestly, that's the thing that's the most disappointing to me about this interview is that in previous times where Ye has caused controversy, as he explains himself more, I get on the same page with him. Where like, I understand where he's coming from. I understand that the initial way of messaging, as a lot of Ye fans understand, was problematic, but he meant better than what he said. Um, here, it's still like pretty hateful to me. And even though he's saying it in a much better way and expressing it in a much better way than he was on Drink Champs, where it's not as um combustive it's still like very jarring to hear and i think it's one of those things where people will be won over more towards i understand where he's coming from i like have a better idea and i agree now like i feel better being on the same page with yay i've actually felt a little worse about it, uh, which I did not expect and is disappointing because he is being so thoughtful and still so like at times hypocritical, at times ignorant, at times like hateful. And Lex points it out at times. He's just like, you saying that is very problematic. And Ye just kind of doubles down. But at the end, 
he gets into like a big apology, like nearly a seven minute apology, which is also something that people are pointing to. It's funny because all of these recent clips from all of the interviews, and this is something that people have been pointing out, depending on what clip you see, you have a different concept of, yay, the interview, what's being said, how he is. It's like if people only promote the dramatic clips, you get one impression of him. Where in all of these interviews, there's like very high highs to where fans are like, this is awesome. This is the yay that we love to hear. And then very low lows where people from all walks of life are like, look at this man. Or even fans are like, oh my goodness, like he said that. Um, and then the middle ground, of course. But every one of these interviews has these like polarizing moments of just like highs and lows. And people are taking clips from each one and they're all kind of circulating and all causing different like energies of conversation, which has been really weird. I don't think I've ever seen that happen where his interview commentary has been so polarizing to where somebody can pull a clip and be like see right here this explains everything look at how great while there's another clip that's just like oh my goodness this is worse than ever before <laughs> and that's uh been one of the strangest things i think of this recent slew of interviews is that there are so many dramatic things and maybe back to like the drink champs interview like the original one at the end of 2021 but it's like there was drama like him talking about big sean and people being like oh but it wasn't on the level that this is where like we're seeing yay really have like consequences that he hasn't faced uh publicly in a long time ever since the Tw taylor swift incidents um so the apology that happens at the end that's this seven minute apology is something that a lot of people are seeing the clips of and being like, okay, good, I feel better. Like he's acknowledging things in a way that we've wanted him to acknowledge. He's saying things that we hoped he would say. It's not it's hateful. He means better. It's like the angel on the shoulder is prevailing over the pain. And that's something that comes up. Uh, there have been people that have pointed out the main theme of this podcast episode is pain and the pain that yay is feeling the hurt that he's felt the way that he's kind of lashing out and i don't mean that in a negative way it's something that he's talked about across multiple interviews uh, and something that came up in the pierce morgan interview where you're saying hurt people hurt people and i feel like we're starting to see more of that expressed uh, especially as he mentions in the interview that he doesn't feel like he has anyone he can trust right now and I think a lot of what we're seeing is somebody that's wanting to connect, that's wanting to like feel like there's people that he can reach out to or feel love, just looking for something and not quite finding it. And it's probably coming back to this like lack of trust in his life, lack of people in his life that he feels like he can trust, like real friends, how many of us kind of situation, right? Um, but the thing about the apology is at the end of the Piers Morgan interview, he kind of said a similar thing. He went on kind of a big apology kick and said a lot of things that people were hoping he would. And then he starts off this interview by kind of walking back or saying that, you know, they got me to apologize. They got me to say these things where it's kind of like the backhanded apology or the fake apology like after the taylor swift incident 
Ye went on to Jay Leno and issued an apology and said he was sorry. And then a little while later, he's like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> you know, I said what I said. And like my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy was a backhanded apology. So it's like at the end of the Pierce Morgan interview, we thought that there was this like breakthrough in how he was viewing this conversation. And then this whole Holocaust section just kind of returns to a lot of the I feel problematic stuff that he was saying and that it's not that I don't think that he hasn't had negative business dealings with some Jewish people. It's just that it's, it's not all Jewish people and that in the industries he's talking about specifically entertainment industry and the contracts of entertainment industry, when it comes to managers and lawyers and executives at companies, not all of these people are, are Jewish. That's the issue. And individuals that have worked with him and been positive and negative have been Jewish, non-Jewish. They've been all races, all ethnicities, all religions. Like I can guarantee you that some of the people that have made decisions affecting Ye that he's mad at aren't people that are Jewish. Like Adidas executives, mostly not Jewish. Gap executives, mostly not Jewish. Some of the people that have directly called him out, like when Diddy called him out, instead of saying, oh, Diddy, this non-Jewish person is calling me out, Ye said, I know that the Jewish people like put you up to this, which is, I think, the major issue because even as he's making these points more eloquently, or more thoughtfully uh, in this podcast, he's still like doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on this idea that it's the way that Jewish business is done when the industry as a whole is operating in a way that it's not like there are Jewish businesses and non-Jewish businesses and the Jewish businesses are doing all of these exploitive things and the non-Jewish businesses aren't right? It's not like sports agents on the other side that aren't Jewish people that are doing like very different things or record labels that are doing very different things. And you're like, ah, see, this is the way it should be done. It's like, they're all doing the same things. And how do you then pin it on one group of people when even the companies, even if they have a CEO who's Jewish, a lot of the members on the board, a lot of the managers, a lot of the executives, a lot of the people that work for the company that are making decisions, important decisions, aren't Jewish. So that's just kind of the... The issue is that it's one thing to call out the individuals uh, or even mention that like a number of them have been Jewish and you have issues. It's a whole different thing to say that it's the entire group of people. And that's something that multiple interview people have called out, but that I think Lex in this portion of the interview really dives into in a way that other interviewers hadn't and said a lot of the things that I have personally wanted to say or ask or hear Ye respond to. And I, from like a, a Jewish Ye fan's perspective, they weren't very satisfying answers to me, um, which I'm sure is going to upset a lot of people. Um, but it, it's one of those things where I feel like we can disagree and still be like, okay right i mean yay himself has said that like you can disagree and it's still love like you can disagree uh, he talks about monolithic thoughts and the idea that you shouldn't 
have to think the same way as everyone else to be part of the group that monolithic thought when it's that you either think like everyone or you're not part of the group i feel like right now is one of those times in the yay fandom where you're seeing that tested the most where even challenging some of these things that yay says you have people that are like you're not a true yay fan then you're a traitor you're betraying him but it's like as yay fans the thing that we all take away from yay more than anything is the way in which he empowers us as individuals to feel confident in ourselves in what we're feeling and believing and thinking and if that means disagreeing about something like saying that you don't like something that he said that's the most honest thing you can do as a yay fan rather than just agreeing with everything which is then the monolithic thought that he himself has said is an issue and if you honestly agree with everything that's fine but it doesn't mean that you need to shame others who don't i mean we're seeing a much more serious example of it now with how much this has divided people but it's just like there are people that love yay that have an album that they don't like or a song that they don't like and they don't feel like that that makes them a non-yay fan just because they think an album isn't great like i've seen hardcore yay fans be like i'm the biggest yay fan life of pablo is a bad album and i can admit that but you're wrong for not agreeing with this thing that yay said it's like it's kind of the same thing <laughs> like to me at least not liking an album versus not liking uh, a talking points that he said is it a huge difference to me honestly i think not liking the albums even worse than disagreeing with like a political opinion or his sentiments on jewish people and whether it's hate speech or not so um yeah uh, this is definitely an interview to watch and I applaud Lex for how he handled everything. And it's also like as much as I've been talking about the drama around it, uh, it's also one of the funniest yay interviews. He has some lines in here and some jokes, especially like the banter that the two of him, them have at times that was just jaw droppingly unexpected. <laughs> And I was just like, well, in hindsight, that is a joke that I would expect him to make. I just didn't expect him to make it because it's been a minute since I've heard, <laughs> heard him make jokes like that. So uh, this is going to be one that I think has a lot of people just like rebuying in. Like they'll feel very good after watching this and be like, OK, like he's getting there. He's going maybe the most interesting thing to me, all of this aside, is that at one point he mentions how he could Andy Kaufman for seven more minutes. And I don't know if Lex is like up on Yaylor, but people may remember back in 2018, there was the whole performance art theory of him putting on the MAGA hats. And what we learned in the aftermath was that like, no, it wasn't performance art. Like he really felt how he felt. Like he loved Trump. He wore the hat because he wanted to wear the hat. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't a performance art aspect to it. And part of that came from the fact that he had tweeted out uh, a little bit before a number of books from various performance artists, uh, including Andy Kaufman, John Boys, I think was the name of somebody else, and a third performance artist, and had a few tweets about performance art. And then suddenly started doing all of this uh stuff regarding trump the same day as the tmz interview was the same day as the charlemagne interview and it's like you see him in the charlemagne interview very like calm cool collected it's a thoughtful long interview the two of them in deep thoughts and that dropped like an 
hour before he went to TMZ and was just like ramped up in his own words, ramped up. And the contrast between the person talking to Charlemagne and the person at TMZ was like, jarring. And people are just like, this has to be part of the performance art. It has to be part of the for performance art. They dropped the same day. I don't think it was. Uh, but Ye does seem very aware of the performance he is putting on during some of these interviews and when he's making statements. And it's like, even though his messaging can be off sometimes, I almost wonder how much he's aware of the the narrative of the interview the energy of the interview like starting off in this complicated place and then ending the same way he ended the pierce morgan interview with a kind of this like upswing like the disney happy ending the same way he starts this in a complicated place and ends a bit more in the the upswing of things with the revelation and him mentioning like i can andy kaufman here and drag out the point and perform but i'm just going to cut to the chase and say what I want to say, like how often is he Andy Kaufmaning? <laughs> and what does that like, I mean, does it really change anything? I don't think it means that we should take things any less seriously, but I think it just points to the fact that we should remember that Ye is very self-aware of what's happening and how things are going to come off. And even in the midst of these interviews, when you start watching a lot of them, he says like, I know how this will sound. Let me pick my words here. Uh, just one of those like interesting moments that as like a longtime fan that watches a lot of this stuff that follows a lot of this stuff, you kind of point to and you're like, oh, he said the thing like he's aware of the thing. What does this then mean? Who knows? But it's at least fascinating. Um, so this is definitely one for the record books and worth checking out in full. Uh, and then in other news, oh, Lex here, just a little bit about Lex, AI researcher working on autonomous vehicles, human-robot interaction, and machine learning at MIT and beyond. So engineer, which is why all this engineering stuff happened and uh, was part of the conversation, yay, getting into his tech bag more so than the the music bag, <laughs> and looking at engineering, uh, you know, education, uh, business, uh, factories, society, uh, much more focused on that than it seems maybe like music stuff at the moment. Like none of these interviews have asked him about music. This is another one where they're not like, so any music It's just like, let's talk about all these <laughs> different things. Uh, but Lex is very much like an analytical person that I think Ye has respect for just because of how much he's achieved and the people that he's had conversations with like Elon Musk, Jack Dorsey, Richard Dawkins, I don't know, Leonard Susskind, the name's familiar, but Noam Chomsky, Eric Weinstein, Roger Penrose, just very like big names in these spaces. Um, so check it out. And then our podcast uh, has the next season on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Actually, episode one on Dark Fantasy should be out today, like Tuesday. Um, so if you want like the biggest deep dive into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that's ever happened, uh, you can follow along to season eight. Our intro episode is just us kind of reflecting on the album when we first listened to the album and ranking the songs, which is something we'll do once we finish covering all of the songs, like the lyrical analysis in depth. Uh, we'll come back to it. 
and see our updated rankings. So if you want to check out the the intro episode, that's up, but then Dark Fantasy should be up like on Tuesday within just like a couple hours. I think it's set to come out at 3 a.m., which is like an hour or two from when this is going to go up. Uh, but the Dark Fantasy episode is really, like I think it's great. Um, we've recorded Dark Fantasy, uh, Gorgeous, and Power so far, and the Power episode's like two and a half hours. But it's amazing. Like, it's one of my favorite episodes that we've done. So I'm really looking forward to like going through the rest of this season. And I think it's going to be one that uh, really gives people like a deeper appreciation for an album that they probably already think is one of the greatest of all time. So you can find it on iTunes uh, or Apple, whatchamacallit, Spotify, anywhere where podcasts are, you'll be able to listen to this. Um, so that's it for now. Until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.